Welcome to Last Ones at the Bar, your one-stop shop for all your boxing needs. This is a podcast where we discuss an array of topics weekly. We discuss things like recaps, previews, upcoming prospects, top 10 lists, hypothetical matchups. My name is Wilton Henry. My name is and my Lee. name is Lavelle Jackson. Also, folks, you can catch us on YouTube to get different segments of our podcast. Just search Last Ones at the Bar and make sure that you hit the like button and most definitely hit that subscribe button. As we get off into the end of the year, fellas, and we're going to recap. Again, we got a special one for you today. We're going to do our top 10 pound for pound list as of December going into January. But before we get off into that and we go into this new year, how was you guys 2020? I'm not going to lie. This was probably, for me personally, this was probably one of the best years that I've had in a while. Um, I, I had a little job promotion, um, and I had a, a subsequent raise not too long ago from that. And so that, you know, it felt good to see the work that I had put in kind of coming to fruition on a career front. And, um, you know, I've just been more, I've been learning a lot about myself. And, and being able to sort of pivot with, you know, the world, what, what the world has given us. And so, you know, it's been good. I feel good mentally, physically. I can't complain. But this year for me, um, it was a, a weird year. Um, I can't say it was pretty negative, even though a lot of stuff uh, negative was happening in the news and with, you know, uh, COVID-19 and everything else. Um but it was a weird year, more so a year of uh, adjusting. Um, I always believe there is a way to look at things, like even in darkness, uh, even in negativity, you can find some light and positivity. So uh, while I was not able to you know, see my family as much as I would, um, would like to, um, I did get a lot of rest this year. Uh, I had a lot of time to reflect on different things and had, uh, a lot of times, I mean, I had a lot of time to to think out and do other things. Uh, like this podcast was a result of 2020. So uh, it's pretty good. It's good to know that you got a lot of rest in 2020 and you're able to reflect. And so that's a perfect segue to what we're going to do. We're going to reflect on the fights that took place this past year. And that's how we... Um, compiled our pound for pound list. But before we get started with our pound for pound list that we're going to share with you all, we're going to just, you know, it's not necessarily discuss ESPN's, but I will share out ESPN's pound for pound list. And by the end of our podcast, we want to see how similar and different our pound for pound list is to ESPN.com's. So they have that number 10. It's a two way tie between Javante Tang Davis and Gennady Triple G Golovkin. At number nine, they have Juan Francisco Estrada. Number eight, they have Alexander Usyk. Number seven, they have Vasil Lomachenko. Number six, they have Tyson Fury. Number five, they have Tiafimo Lopez. Number four, they have Errol the Troop Spence. They have Anoue at number three. They have Canelo Alvarez at number two. And then at number one, they have Terrence Bud Crawford. Anything you guys want to say about that list before we move into our top 10 pound for pound list? I would be interested as to 
how they drew some of those conclusions, but you know, I respect it. I'll just say that's their uh, opinion. They have their criteria. Uh, we have our opinions and criteria, and you know, every other avenue is going to have their uh, uh, criteria and opinions also. Oh, okay. You guys are being very kind. This is really horrible. Look, see how you can, you know, justify these rankings. It, it just doesn't make sense. And this is furthers my point of why you need podcasts like ours. Again, one-stop shop. We provide you with all your bias and needs. This right here is appalling to see uh, when you have a pound-for-pound pound list. It's no, like I say, justification for this. Also with our podcast, just keep in mind, this is kind of like a magazine. You know, it's not like we're going to come out every day and share information with you. Well, Bob Aram says this or and no, no knock on any other um, YouTube station or, or whoever who does those things because you need that. But for us, if you just want to sit back, listen to every, you know, event that took place the previous week. And this is for you. This is specifically for you. But let's go ahead and get off into our criteria that we had for our pound for pound list. And so we're looking at quality of victories. We're looking at achievements, abilities, eye tests. And then I always look and see if a guy is avoiding competition or if they're seeking out competition. So I have that um, as far as my criteria as well. And then also what I was thinking about is guys, they had to have fought in 2020 or if they don't didn't fight in 2020, that they at least have to have a fight coming up. And so I had left Manny Pacquiao off my top 10 list because he didn't fight in 2020. He also doesn't have a fight coming up. Um, and then also uh, I'm looking at the work that they mainly done in the past two years. That's what I'm primarily looking at. But, you know, it's always exceptions to the rule. So I'll start off my pound for pound list for me. At number 10, using that basic criteria, I have Jamel Ironman Charlo at number 10. He's 34-1 with 18 knockouts. He just this year had the win over Banana Rosario. He has wins over Tony Harrison, Erickson Lubin, Austin Trout previously, and then um, also Vines Matarosen when Vines Matarosen was actually – one of the top fighters at 154. He's a unified champ at junior middleweight. And as I stated previously, he has that Terry Norris meanness. You know, he doesn't have special effects, I wouldn't say, but the man has heart. He has a chip on his shoulder. He wants all the smoke. So I gave him 20 points for quality, 22 points for quality of victories. I gave him 25 points for his achievements, being a junior middleweight unified champ. 23 as far as the eye test and then 10 i wish i can give him 20 for one all the smoke so my number 10 guy is going to be jamel charlo with a total of 80 points my number 10 uh first up uh i'll list some uh runner-ups that didn't quite make the list uh i have um juan francisco estrada uh jermar charlo and I have Mikey Garcia, um, great fighters. Uh, my number 10 uh, is the same as yours, Will, is Jermail uh, Charlo. Uh, I think he made his point in 2020. He's uh, pretty much the man to beat at 154. 
Um, he had a good win over Jason Banana Rosario. Um, the only thing is that that uh, he still has a, a couple fights I would like to see at 154 with Jared Hurd and Arislandi Lara. But just basing it off the eye test, I think he's a little bit more trouble uh, for them. I think he's a little bit better. And I think he earned his spot as number 10 uh, by grabbing uh, the unified straps at 154. Yeah, I also had Mikey Garcia as an honorable mention. Uh, he was just outside um, as it pertains to points. He just uh, he did have one fight with Jesse Vargas back in February. That fight just didn't really move the needle for me as it pertains to you know him moving up or down. And so he was just outside. And I uh, also had Triple G, um, kind of similar thing. You know, he's still a, a player at the division. His fight just didn't move the needle for me personally. Um, that said, I had uh, Arthur Betterbiev at number 10. Um, in terms of quality opposition, um, I gave him a 22. Um, just because, you know, he's beat who's put in front of him, but, um, you know, he's still sort of uh, staking his claim in the light heavyweight division. Uh, for a similar reason, I gave him a 21 in achievements. Um, the eye test I gave him, um, and generally speaking, my scores are pretty high, but I gave him a 28 um, in terms of eye test just because, uh, you know, you you can tell he has a dog in him when he fights. Um, again, it's just a matter of, you know, who has been put in front of him thus far. And in the smoke category, I gave him a nine, um, just because he hasn't necessarily avoided anybody in division. I think it's just a matter of time to see how that plays out. And for my number nine, um, I actually had Jamel Charlo for that one. Um, I gave him a 24. A 23 as it pertains to quality of opposition. Again, he unified the belts. Um, <clears throat> and he, he looked very good doing it. Uh, he still only has one loss on his record. And so it's hard to really argue against, uh, you know, although he has some more people to face, it's still hard to argue who he has beat. Still has a very impressive resume at 154. Uh, for achievements, I gave him uh, a 25 just because once again um, you know if he were undisputed it'd be one thing and but he still has some fish to fry at the division for the eye test I gave him a, a 20 a 24 um, he seems to have the intangibles um, you know and he's looked good as he stepped up he just uh, you know it's just kind of what I gave him and I gave him a nine in the smoke category as well. For me at number nine, I have Francisco El Gallo Estrada. Estrada is 41-3 with 28 KOs. He just recently, I believe that was October, he had a fight with Carlos Quadras. Um, that was a rematch that they had. And that was, to me, a fight of the year candidate where Estrada was dropped in the third round and came back to win that fight in dramatic fashion. I'm um, very good fighter. In that last fight, he chose the Mexican style where he was just being very aggressive and walking down uh, Quadras. He has a fight coming up with Chocolatito 
in March. I want to say March 13th. And so that's going to settle the score between those guys. He lost to Chocolatito earlier in his career. And so we'll see how that plays out. Um, he also has a win over the guy that defeated Chocolatito, Soren Vasai. So for him, I gave him 24 points when it comes to quality of victories. Soren Vasai, Carlos Quadras twice, 23 for achievements. I gave him 24 for his abilities. And then I also gave him 10 because you can see based on the level of his opposition that he doesn't shy away from the smoke. So for number nine, I have Francisco Estrada. For um, my number eight, I have uh, none other than Manny uh, Pacquiao, Pac-Man Pacquiao. Um, I know Will uh, previously uh, stated that uh, he was judging guys who fought this year. Um, I looked at it differently. I looked at it for the past uh, two years and who is a currently a champion and who is the guy to beat. And at 147, he's still one of the guys to beat um, to a point where everyone wants that Manny Pacquiao paycheck. And he does have a belt. And he does have that scalp of Keith Thurman, which no one has a, a Keith Thurman scalp currently right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure that could change, but as of, you know, uh, December of 2020, Manny Pacquiao is the only one that has Keith Thurman's scout. Um, his biggest problem is father time, of course, and that can strike at any time. But again, if he's if he was the same size as everyone on this, this list, I think he would probably beat half the list <laughs> and he'll probably still be in the fight of, of the other half. So uh, my number eight is Manny Pac-Man Pacquiao. My number eight, I had uh, Alexander Usyk. Um, <clears throat> he had his second fight at heavyweight um, against a step up a competition. And, um, you know, he, he's looking to sort of stake his claim in that division. And so the jury is still out. Um, there are some issues that he had that, you know, in that fight that he'll he'll have to address. But all I can do is base it on what he has done so far in 2019 and 2020. And, um, and so based on that, um, I have quite a position. I had him at a 26, um, more so because of his cruiserweight pedigree than his heavyweight pedigree. I had him at a 21 uh, for achievements, again, more so because of his cruiserweight than um, than his heavyweight, um, but I can't take it away from him. The eye test, I gave him a, a 23, and the smoke category, I gave him a 10. Um, again, he cleaned out the cruiserweight division. Uh, there's not to be dismissed, um, and he is not looking to avoid any competition at heavyweight division. All right, so my number eight is somebody who was not another fighter who was not in my top 10 the last time we did this in August or September, I believe. And so my number eight fighter is going to be Tiafimo Lopez, young man is 16 and 0 with 12 knockouts. He's the unified champ, very talented, good boxing ability. 
nice power in that right hand. Gets a little fatigued sometimes, you know. He gets hit a little bit um, more often once he 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 gets tired. Now, also when you, when I think about his quality of victories, his victory against Nakatani is looking a little bit more impressive now. Now that Nakatani had the win over um, Verdejo, and so then also he had the victory over Richard Comey. and then he has the victory over Loma. So. As far as his quality of victories, I gave him a 27. Could have gave him a 28. As far as achievements, I gave him a 26. And then his abilities, the eye test, around a 24, if he can work on that fatigue and then also shore up his defense a little bit more, he can um, go up in that category. Number six, you know, I could be – some people going to look at me side-eye because I gave him a six when it comes to avoiding or seeking out smoke. If you would have asked me this right after the Lomachenko fight, I would have gave him closer to a 10. But now that that fight has, now that we're further removed from the fight and the comments that he's making, I'm starting to see a little chink in his armor when it comes to somebody who's seeking out the smoke, especially when it comes to Devin Haney. At first, he was saying that he wanted the fight. Then he was saying now that he seems a little bit reluctant. So, I don't like you if you know me for anything about these podcasts. I don't like when fighters talk like that. When it comes time to fight in the top level opposition, I just want you to hear, let's sign the dotted line. And I'm starting to hear him, you know, being reluctant. And I don't like that. So I gave him a six. So altogether, he had 82, which makes him my number eight guy. You're not going to see Vasil Lomachenko on my list because, not because he lost, but to me, it was how he lost. The fact that he wasn't throwing punches the first seven rounds and he was afraid to because he was fighting a bigger man and he was afraid of getting touched up and getting possibly knocked down or knocked out. Now, to me, a person who's going to be on a pound for pound list, you're going to take the approach of what you saw with the fighter who fought last week. That's the pound for pound fighter. He's not going to be afraid. He's going to make his adjustments and much more earlier than Vasil did. But not to you know, get away from the focus of Tiafimo Lopez. He's my number eight fighter with a total of 82 points. This might be a controversial one for some, but for number seven for me, I got Tyson, the Gypsy King, Fury. He's 30-0, one draw, 21 knockouts. His res- resume includes the Klitschko victory, the Wilder victory, but let me be honest with you. The water victory, I put a little asterisk by it. I know when people listen to this, they're going to be having their antennas up and they're going to be upset and they might leave some comments. I understand that. But I can't bypass that flapping gloves and the padding controversy. I can't, you know, just let that go. And also the fact that he's not – Deontay Wilder, if – to me, he would be looking to – aggressively get that fight if everything was on the up and up and now they're trying to take legal action to be able to bypass that fight the way you beat Deontay Wilder that last fight you should be actively pursuing that fight because that's a huge payday and so something to me is is fishy about that now um, also As far as Fury's, why he he even made my number seven is because he has an excellent jab. He has the great, not great, but good straight right hand. 
and he likes to scrap, as you saw in the water rematch. Has a lot of good movement, especially for someone at five. And then he typically frustrates his opponent, not only inside the ring, but outside the ring. And so as far as quality of victories, I gave him a 29 still because those are still huge victories to defeat um, Klitschko, who was the reigning champ for almost 10 years, and then Wilder, and then also collecting all of the belts. I gave him a 29. As far as the achievement, same thing, 27. Uh, eye test, abilities, 23. And then number five, but number five for um, avoiding competition is mainly because of what's going on right now, not going for that third match against Wilder. Because, again, that's a huge payoff. And so why not go ahead and take that? And that's also a huge event. So for that reason, I have Tyson, the Gypsy King, Fury with 84 points as my number seven pound for pound fighter. My number seven fighter uh, is... Tiofimo Lopez. Uh, he made my list uh, because he went for the gusto and it paid off. Um, and he's probably the only one on this list. I'll have to check again, but I think he's the only one on this list who took a fight where he was the four and one underdog and won it on the odds. Um, and of course, uh, Vasily Lomachenko could be on the downside, that's true. But he rose, he took that risk, he rose to the occasion. Um and he and he and he uh was successful. Uh he's a force to be reckoned with. Um great boxer, has a lot of power. Um right now it seems like um he doesn't want to fight the the lone champion at one thirty five, the other lone champion, uh Devin Haney, which um Haney does have one of the belts, um, and, you know, Lopez has um, the other three. And of course, with Tank having an interim title, um, what I want, hopefully he stays at 135 and takes those fights. Uh, if not, he might move on down the list and off the pound for pound list if he doesn't take that Haney fight. So that's my number seven, uh, Teofimo Lopez. For my number seven... I want to give a quick honorable mention to Manny Pacquiao. Uh, he was number seven on my list when we did it the first time. Um, if he were active in 2020, uh, I would not have a reason to really move him from that spot. Uh, but there's the rules. That said, my number seven, I have Vasilo Macheco. Reason being, um, I gave him a 25 for quality of opposition. I gave him a 26 for achievements. Um, you know, even though he lost, again, it's not to dismiss the work that he's put in at, at lesser weight divisions. And even the work that he's done at 135, where he was um, pretty much the smaller fighter in, in, in all of those fights that he's fought at 135. And the eye test, um, I gave him a 26. Um that 26 can change if he were to move back down to 130 um, because he's not that old of a fighter. And I had no reason to believe that he couldn't still be the same, the same Lemachenko if he were to move back down to 130. Um, but if he were to remain at 135, I, um, you know, there's no slight to him, but at the same time, he's also going to be an aging fighter and he will be fighting against smaller opponents. And there's a lot of young guys at 135 that are bigger and could theoretically use that um, that Teofimo Lopez blueprint. 
Uh, I did give him a number. I'm sorry. I did give him a nine in the smoke category. Um, just because you know he he did take the the, the Lopez fight. Um, he he's beaten a lot of champions at every weight class that he's fought, and so uh, I gave him a nine. So my number seven is Vasily Lomachenko. Moving to number six, I had Nayoa Inoue. Um, I, you know, I, I will admit, you know, he's been on people's t- top ten pound for pound for a while, and I kind of had to. I just needed time to see, you know, what he's made of. He had a very impressive win against Jason Maloney this year, on top of you know what he has already done. I also saw him and how he bounced back in the Donair fight. Um, so with that said, I gave him a 26 for quality of opposition. I gave him um, a 27 in achievements for what he's been able to do so far at the weight class and at, uh, at his lower weight class. And I gave him a 26 for the eye test and a 9 for the smoke category. At number 6, I have the Tartan Tornado. 17 and 0, 13 KOs, and that's Josh Taylor. Josh has victories over Regis Prograce, um, several other undefeated fighters he's defeated. He's a unified champ. He has a WBA belt, IBF belt, a junior welterweight, lefty with some serious skills, vicious body shots, powerful hooks and uppercuts, applies intense pressure. And I would like to uh, think, or I, I think that he's one of the most exciting uh, fighters to come out of Scotland. For quality of victories, I gave him 30%. For achievements, I gave him 25 with the belts. The other guy that he wants to com- to get the belt from is Jose Ramirez, and he just missed the pound-for-pound pound list, or just missed my pound-for-pound pound list. Just, just missed it. He also had 24 points as far as the abilities, and then 10 points because I don't see Josh ducking any smoke. So for my number six fighter on my pound for pound list, I have the Tartan Tornado, and that's Josh Taylor. For my number six, um, I have Alexander Usyk, um, and I based that pick off, um, like what Danny said earlier, um, his work at Cruiserweight, which he ran that weight class and pretty much cleaned it out. Uh, he moved up to get you know better smoke, and he didn't look. Um, as impressive against Derek Chisora, even though he still got the job done, he seemed like he stepped off the gas a little bit uh, in that fight. But uh, that's why you take those heavyweight fights to see, you know, to try out different things and test out different things. And I'm curious to see, you know, where he goes from here in his heavyweight career. Um, he, he seems like a good talent. Uh, he's he's uh, in his prime right now. And, you know, I'm curious to see where he goes from here and, and, uh, hopefully he gets that smoke with the heavyweights. So that's my number six, Alexander Usyk. My number five pick um, is none other than uh, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. Um, it's interesting because I tend to be, you know, hard on heavyweights when it comes to pound for pound lists, and you know, Tyson Fury <laughs> is now a victim of that. But you, you can't deny him. He is the heavyweight champion. Uh, he beat the man before anyone else beat him um, at that time. Uh, of course, Klitschko had a loss before that, but uh, he was the one who took the, the strap from Klitschko before Anthony Joshua did. 
And, you know, he had that draw against um, Wilder, who I, I thought he deserved that victory over. And he took that rematch and he, you know, basically stopped uh, Deontay Wilder. And right now, you know, he's the man to beat. Uh, I, I want to see him versus Anthony Joshua. Uh, it's interesting how he has Wilder sounding like, you know, Donald Trump now. But, uh, you know, Wilder wants to smoke. I think he can, you know, give him the smoke also. But uh, I like the way Tyson Fury fights. I like his, um, you know, his mentality, his no-nonsense carrying mentality, um, and his elusiveness. So that's my um, number fifth pick, uh, Tyson Fury. Okay. So for my number five, I had uh, Teofimo Lopez, actually. Um, just as he wasn't on some of you guys' lists before uh, he made it to mine, obviously because of the Lomachenko victory. You know, for the young guy at 23 uh, to only have 16 fights, you know, again, he had that impressive Nakatani win. He had the Richard Comey win. Uh, he had the Lomachenko win. And, um, again, the 4-1 to odds. Um, I personally profited off that fight, so shout out to him for that one. Um, all that said, I had uh, his quad opposition at 26. Um, I have his achievements at 29, which you could argue is a little bit high, but I did it in relation to his age at 23 and how many professional fights he had. So, you know, he has three of the four major belts in, at the lightweight division. So I gave him a 20, 29. Uh, the eye test, I gave him a 26. Uh, Will already point out, pointed out some of uh, his, uh, his deficiencies, I guess I would say. Um, but he has a ton of upside. And he still has at number 10, I gave him the smoke. You know, he instantly called out the best person in the division, was very confident that he would beat him, and he went out and did that. And so um, there's no reason I couldn't give him anything less than a 10. Before I get started, um, what's Superman's first name? Adonis. Yeah, Adonis Stevens. Okay, let me put that down. Cause when I go to my box rack, it don't even stuff don't even. It's it's not letting me pull up anything. It's yeah, cool. yeah. I think you got directly go to the website. You can't click on it. No reason. It's going blank. Oh yeah, yeah. It does that from time to time. I, I don't know what the ministers be doing. <laughs> All right. So my number five fighter uh, that I have on my list is going to be Terrence Bud Crawford, thirty-seven and zero with twenty-eight knockouts. He has victories, I would say his biggest victories over Gamboa, Postal, Horn. He's been the lightweight champ, junior world weight champ, and he's currently the WBO champ. His fighting style, switch hit with the best of them. Doesn't have much head movement, but he's more so a master of range and lateral movement. Very versatile, makes adjustments throughout the course of a fight, has very good rhythm, cadence, pretty much you know, has every skill in the book. Now, so with all of that that I'm telling you about him, how good he is, then you would think, well, why is he only number five on your list? He's on only number five on my list because at welterweight, his victories over Horn, and like I said before, Benavides, not the ben David Benavides, but his brother who got shot in the leg and basically had one leg, a well past his prime Amir Khan, an unknown fighter, 
Mean Machine and Kell Brook. And so he's had that belt for, it's going to be going on three years. And so to me, many people have him universally as the number one pound for pound fighter. I can't, I keep, it, it wrecks my brain to understand and know the history of the number one pound for pound fighter fights hers of the past. For instance, and I made these examples in a previous podcast earlier. If you think about guys who moved up from lightweight to junior welterweight to welterweight, the examples that I gave, Pernell Whitaker, first out the gate, he fought Buddy McGurk, who was probably the best welterweight at that time. Soon after that, he fought Chavez. Right after that, he fought the number one mandatory Santos Cordona. And so he's fighting those colors. And this is like, and then he also, within maybe two, three years, moved up and fought Julio Cesar Vasquez for the 154-pound belt, a very rough and tough fighter. So he was taking those chances. Another fighter who moved up, Oscar De La Hoya. Who was he fighting within a three-year time frame? He fought Whitaker. He fought Corte. He fought Trinidad. He fought Mosley. And so, again, those are high-level caliber opponents that he's facing. And these are guys who were considered – it could have been De La Hoya or Roy Jones or – though it was close in terms of who they were saying was pound for pound, but he definitely was the cash cow of boxing. Shane Mosley, within a four-year time frame that he got the – that he went up the world to wait, fought De La Hoya twice – fought Vernon Forrest twice. He fought Winky Wright twice. So to me, Terrence Crawford, where he's going to lose points on my list, is going to be the quality of victory. Because again, you can't masquerade around as being the number one pound for pound fighter in the world and you're taking on that weak opposition. So I gave him a 23 when it comes to quality of victory as far as the achievements. He has the achievements as far as gathering belts in different weight classes. But again, that level of opposition is low. I still gave him 28 points because it's rarely... In the history of boxing, do you have guys who've won lightweight, junior welterweight, and welterweight belts? With one of these eye tests, I gave him a 30. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? He does it all, pretty pretty much everything. But as far as avoiding and seeking out competition, I've got to drop him down at a five because there are guys calling him out. Sean Porter called him out. He's saying He's, he's saying this himself that he doesn't need the Spence fight. So if you're telling me that you don't need the Spence fight and he's the number one world to weight in the world, then I got to drop you down to a five. So my number five fighter is Terrence Bud Crawford on my pound for pound list. Now, moving on to number four. I like this guy. I, I, I like what he brings to the table because I would ca- categorize his style as like brutal, ruthless, yet clinical. 35 years of age, so he's, he's getting up there. He's getting long in the tooth a little bit. Um, he's 15 and 0 with 15 knockouts. So my number four fighter is going to be Arthur Betterbeev. His signature victory is the victory that he had in 2019 over Alexander Vazdik. Vazdik, that was for the unification. Uh, that was a unification match. And to me, that's equivalent to Spence beating Kill Brook in terms of the level of opposition that he faced. Because remember, Alexander Vazdik is the one who brutally KO'd Adonis Stevenson. And so also, Better Be have had a solid KO victory that included Tavoris Cloud several years back. That's when he really, you know, um, 
got on the map. You know, as I says, he's a monster. You know, he's a man amongst boys when I see him fight against other light heavyweights. So again, as far as the quality of victories, I gave him 25 because of that huge victory over Alexander Vazdek. Vazdek is no longer boxing anymore because he's going. To, he has some business ventures that he's going off into. It's a shame, you know, as a boxing fan that he's no longer in that division because that division will really be stacked. Um, 26 points for achievements, being a unified champ. I test abilities. I gave him a 28. Um, if you see the Vazdek fight, Vazdek was boxing his, his ears off for like the first six rounds. It was real close. It was just that power just was getting to him. Um, so I gave him a 28. He can be outboxed, but I don't know if you're going to be able to do it for a whole 12 rounds. And then an eight for avoiding competition, haven't heard him, whether or not he is or if he isn't. Probably could have got a 10, but altogether he had 87 points on my list. So my number four fighter on my pound-for-pound pound list is Arthur. Better be it. Uh, my number four uh, fighter on this list is Arrow, the true Spence. Um, he's everything you would want in a fighter. You know, we saw he had a hard, you know, year with coming back from the accident. Um, and he fought a good fight against uh, Danny Garcia. It's, it seems like he's, you know, he's still willing to face any and everyone. Uh, as long as their name is not, you know, Bud Crawford. If your name is Crawford, he's asking for, you know, 70-30. And, and that part is interesting because, you know, he thinks he's, you know, he's, it's almost like he's acting like he's Floyd Mayweather, but he fights more like Triple G to me <laughs> than Mayweather, which is a good thing. He's action-packed, you know. A uh, little bit of Marvin Hagler in this game also. Um but the fact that still is the is, Bud Crawford is like that shadow that he needs to, you know, um, conquer. Um, and while Bud is less accomplished, you know, at 147, um, I think his accomplishments before that uh, make up for it. And it, who knows, if Spence gets that, that Crawford scalp, I think it will make Spence uh, probably number two at most. Uh, so that's my number five, Arrow of True Spence. So for my number four, I actually had Terrence Crawford. Um, for a quality of opposition, I gave him a 24. Um, the, the quality of opposition is tricky because he's fought in the, in the process of unifying the titles that he did at 135, 140. He's fought people that had multiple titles and he's fought people that had undefeated records. Um, but in terms of how those people have fared after he fought them, um, in some instances, they haven't looked great. And also, he hasn't, you know, like Will said, he hasn't really, although he's a title holder, he hasn't really made a name for himself at 147 yet after having been in the division for for a few years now. So I gave him a 24 equality of opposition. I gave him a 29 in achievements, um, more so because, again, what he's done at lesser weight classes, um, you know, I don't want to take that away from him. It's hard to unify one division, let alone two. The eye test, I gave him a 30. Again, you know, what Will pretty much said it, but, you know, he has all the, the tangibles and the intangibles. Uh, very good switch hitter. Um, you can't really argue what you see when you see him fight. It's really just a matter of who he fights. Um, the smoke category, 
again, I give him, you know, it's tricky, but I gave him an eight. Um, I gave him an eight because at the lesser weight classes, he's fought who they put in front of him. It just been these last few years where he could have fought better opposition, but hasn't really fought really with top rank to fight those guys. And so, um, you know, I have to give him an eight. I hope that he has a better 2021 in terms of who he fights um, because he's a person that with the right quality of opposition could easily be back in that, uh, you know, that higher tier of the top 10 pound for pound list for me personally. So for my number four, I had Terrence Crawford. For my number three, we're actually going to stay in the welterweight division a little bit longer. I had Errol Spence. So previously I had Spence just behind Crawford. Now I have Crawford just behind Spence because with the Danny Garcia win, his quality of opposition has went up. I gave him a 28 in the quality of opposition category. He's fought just about everybody there is a fight at 147. Um, and and so it's, it's hard to really go against that. You know, he... I, I don't like the way that he sounds when he talks about fighting Terrence Crawford, uh, but I can't take that away from his current resume as it pertains to quality of opposition. So I gave him a 28 there. I gave him a 28 in achievements. Uh, he has unified the belts. And, and you know, he is, as it stands right now, he is the man at 147 until somebody dethrones that. But still undefeated record. I gave him a 29 at the eye test. Um, he, although he got into that, that very dangerous accident, uh, he still looks to be the same Spence that I saw before, uh, a pretty complete package. He's switched up styles as necessary. He got a little bit more, he became a little bit more of a brawler when he fought Porter. Um, he's also outboxed when he had to, he kind of did that against Mikey Garcia. So I gave him a 29. I gave him an eight in the smoke category. Again, you know, saying a 7-30 split against Crawford, it's just not a good look, you know. And although he's fought guys at 147, you know, everybody knows that, you know, the fight that everybody wants to see. And also, if you want to clean out the division, you got to see Crawford at some point. So uh, so I gave him an 8 in that category. So my number three fighter on my pound-for-pound pound list is 20-0 and 0 with 17 knockouts. They call him the monster in a way, a new way. Three-time champ, light flyweight champ, junior bantamweight champ, bantamweight champ, holds a win over Nonito Donaire. He was a super six bantamweight tournament champion. Guy has incredible athleticism, applies tremendous amounts of pressure, nice jab, counterpunching that allows him to create his opportunities, has that signature left hook to the head and to the body, a la Felix Trinidad. And so for him, I gave him 25 when it came to the quality of victories. I gave him a 27 when it comes to his achievements, a 28 when it comes to the eye test. Like, just as his name suggests, he is a monster. As far as the smoke, avoiding it or seeking it out, I gave him a 9. And the only reason I didn't give him a 10 is because Rigondeaux was calling him out maybe a year or two ago, and I just didn't hear a response out of a new, a new way. But again, my number three pound for pound guy is going to be the monster in New Way. My number three pound for pound guy is Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, and Terrence Crawford 
he's like a number one pound for pound talent, but he hasn't had that career and hasn't had that resume at 147 that he really needs. So um, I have him at number three, you know, um, but it still doesn't take away the fact that he ran, you know, two weight classes. Uh, he was the man at lightweight and was the man at uh, light welterweight. And the fact that he's being, you know, compared to guys who still haven't mastered their first weight class is, is telling of how good he actually is. Because really, uh, I wouldn't even consider him a welterweight. He's kind of a light welterweight still as far as size compared to those other guys. He's just a long-rangey guy. Um, so at 147, we know Spence has the better resume. But when I line them up, it comes down to who I think would win. So um, when I look at that, I favor Bud a little more. He seems to have more uh, special effects. Um, like I, I think Spence is a little more uh, Triple G in, as far as uh, he does all the textbook things great. But I think uh, Crawford has a little bit more special effects to him. And I think that will that will help him down the line. Um, and he's and he's much more elusive. So that's my number three. Uh, yeah, Terrence Bug. And also, I look at I also look at what guys do when they're outside the ring, like how they take care of themselves. And the one gift that I think Terrence Crawford has, even though he you know he comes off as a, a free kid from you know Omaha. Uh, he has a talent of discipline. He stays disciplined between fights. He doesn't, you know, um, get too much out of shape. He's not hanging around with uh, other guys or boxers that aren't as serious as he is. You know, he only hangs around with serious guys. He, and he seems secure outside the ring, you know, as far as, you know, personal life and all that. He doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's trying to, to, to be liked by anyone. So that's my number uh, three. Terrence Bud Crawford. My number two uh, pound for pound guy on the list is uh, the monster, Nayoa Anui. Um, th this guy is, is, if you haven't seen him, he's incredible. And you know what? I'm tired of, of, of little guys not getting the respect that they deserve. You know, and, th and this rant, what have you, or comment, this is for, you know, guys I respect, like Nassim Hamed, you know, Mark Two Sharp Johnson, um, even Nido Donaire, um, Prince Nassim Hamed, uh, little guys that, you know, as a, this is my little man complex talking. A lot of times we don't get the respect that we deserve. And, and they look at these bigger guys like they're that much better only because they're that much seen, you know. And if you haven't seen Naoa Inui, uh, go see him. He's the monster. And, and he's in his third weight class. Really, his career is spanning uh, four weight classes. He started as a light flyweight, which is um, 108. Uh, I think he bypassed uh, fly, actual flyweight, which was 112. He won a title at 115. Now he's in his fourth weight class at 118. And, and just the fact that people are talking about him at fights at 122 and 126 tells you how good of talent that he is, that they're calling for those fights. He's in his, four, his third weight classes, spanning four weight classes, and he's still knocking people out. So 
that's why I call him the monster. He's the number two pound for pound guy. This is for the little guys. Naoya, the monster, and Nui. So for my number two, it may be a little bit controversial. He was on you guys' list too, uh, just a little bit lower. And I was kind of surprised too, but when I ran the numbers, um, I, I wasn't mad at it. He was also number three on my the last pound for pound I did. I had the Gypsy King Tyson Fury at number two. Um, for the quality of opposition, I gave him a 29. Um, you know, he beat he beat Klitschko, uh, who was the man. Nobody had beat him for, for 10 years until Fury came and did what he had to do. He beat Wilder. Um, you know, a lot of people argue that he won the first fight. And he won the first fight being kind of a boxer. And then he won the second fight. Well, he didn't win the first fight. It was a draw. But he looked very good in the first fight, being more of a boxer puncher. The second fight, he was more of a brawler, kind of just like heavyweight, just kind of lay on you, kind of bruiser. Um, and so having fought, you know, two of the kind of more dominant heavyweights in his division, uh, I had to give him a 29 for quite a position. If and when he fights Anthony Joshua, um, that, that would probably be a 30. But achievements, I gave him a 30. Uh, reason being, he uh, became the lineal champion. Um, you know, if you subscribe to that, one could argue he never lost lineal champion, but lineal championship. Um, but he he has kind of seen the mountaintop of heavyweight. And um, I believe that the potential is there to do that again. So I gave him a 30 for achievements. The eye test, I gave him a 28. It's hard to sort of see that. Um and heavyweights because they're just heavier guys, so their movement is not as quick. And you know, and, and a lot of times uh, in certain fights, you can't, you just can't really showcase those skills much. But um, you know, he's been adaptable in fights. Again, he was two different styles against against Fury, and so um, I guess what I'm trying to say is he finds a way to win. And so I could envision him at lower weight classes finding ways to win, whereas we may not have seen it. And even in that second fight leading up to the Wilder fight, he told us exactly what he was going to do. He, he told us he was gaining weight. He told us he was looking to rough him up. And, you know, myself included, a lot of people said, I don't know. This might not be the right way, right way to go about it. But he did exactly what he said he was going to do. So I gave him a 28 at the eye test, and I gave him a 9 in the smoke category again. If he were to fight uh, Anthony Joshua, that would probably become a 10. All right, so for my number two, I got the truth, Errol, Errol Spence. You know, tremendous boxer puncher. He's a true boxer puncher. He's 27-0 with 21 KOs, got wins over Kell Brook, Peterson, Porter, Mikey Garcia. Danny Garcia was most void – most avoided fighter until his accident. He has the pay-per-view achievements. He's an effective, economical fighter with a stiff jab, sets up that straight left, good fundamentals, great body work, power that busts up his opponents, has very good tactical aggression, and, and um, a lot of pressure that he puts on his opponent. Earl, you know, I just want to give you an apology. But then again, I'm not going to apologize. Earl, I, what I saw was that accident. So when I made my prediction against you and Danny Garcia, I went with Danny Garcia based on the accident. But 
after I watched that fight, what I saw was the Errol Spence that I saw before the Kell Brook fight or during the Kell Brook fight or around that time. So that Errol Spence right there is one that's going to spell trouble for anybody he faces at 147. Hopefully you can make that weight to make the best fights that are still available for you. The Pacquiao fight, the Crawford fight. Speaking of Crawford, again, I can't put you above Errol Spence. Not at welterweight, based on your resume. Also, I can't respect this. And you guys can respect this because real recognize real. I'm not saying anything negative towards you guys because I, you guys are great fighters. But you can't tell me that you have one guy. You just saw that resume. I'm talking about Brooke when he was Brooke. I'm talking about Danny Garcia, as dangerous as he is with that left hook. Sean Porter. I can't put somebody who's doing all of that heavy lifting under somebody who's just fighting weak opposition. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's more so just about the work you're putting in. And I just don't think that that's fair because in the sport of boxing, one way you can look at it is that the guy who's taking on the stiffer opposition, that they're going to be more prepared because they fight in that caliber of opponents. So they, they're still going to sharpen steel. And then the other guy, he's not going to, be as prepared because he's fighting weak opposition. That's one way to look at it. Now, that will hold true to me if it was a different sport. Are you playing basketball or something like that? That's not as physical and not as much contact involved. But the sport of boxing is a lot of wear and tear on you. So as you are fighting those type of opponents over and over, it only takes one little small mistake. And so for that person to be putting themselves in a position over and over and over, and then you're fighting an old Kell Brook. You're fighting... American, you're fighting guys who are eight to one underdogs. Again, I can't put you over somebody who's doing the same thing that Errol Spence is doing. So anyway, to get to make my point even clearer, 28 points for Spence when it comes to quality of victories, 28 points for achievements, 28 points for the eye test, and then nine for the smoke. Because you can make the case about Terrence Crawford, but he has so much work that he can put in on the side that he's on with Pacquiao being on the PBC side, he's already fought the guys that he's fought. So I don't, you know, make a big wave about it or, or um, have a big problem with, with that because again, I can see Spence being more actively pursuing that Crawford fight. Once Crawford fights somebody, you know what I mean? Because then it would be more of a reason to take on that challenge. It would be more of a reason not to take the challenge because it's causing for a higher demand. If Crawford does beat somebody like uh, Porter, you know, then I think more people will want to see that fight. Not just boxing fans, but the general public. But anyway, to get, you know, away from all of that, my number two fighter that I have, congratulations, D-Town stand up. That's going to be Errol the Truth Spence. Now, Getting to the number one fighter, I think it's no surprise here, you know. But even though it's no surprise, the cat is out the bag. Drum roll, please. My number one pound for pound <laughs> fighter on my list is the 54 and one with 36 KOs. The number one cat's collar boxing, Saul Canelo Alvarez. 
like I said before, what more can you say about the number of his resume? Laura, Trout, Kodo, Golovkin, Jacobs, Kovalev, and then he just beat the number one 168-point fighter in Kelly Smith. Holds championships in, at junior middleweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, and again, he's the cash cow of boxer. Basically can do what he wants right now. Um, he breaks down his opponents with his methodical um, ta- tactical style, great counter puncher, also great head movement, defensively aware. He's able to set traps, as you see, with the Amir Khan fight and also the Kovalev fight. And then you also saw how he beat up Smith throughout the course of their fight last week. Not only is he beating up Smith as far as like the head into the body, but he took the approach of banging on his arm and, and doing something um, crazy to that. The other thing I like about Canelo is he he's doing something that I've never seen. Like not only is he positioning himself to be top pound for pound fighter, not only is he positioning himself to be the number one cash cow in boxing, this man is out here beating up families, folks. Not only did he beat up two Smiths, he beat up two Kodos. So I'm saying all that to say, Jamel and Jamal, watch out, because <laughs> he might be next. So when it comes mm-hmm. to the quality of victories, Canelo gets a 30 for the victories. He gets a 30 for the achievements. The eye test, I took the point off because sometimes he still can appear to be a little s- slow foot. I gave him a seven when it comes to the smoke because people are still saying, well, you beat him. You know, what about Charlo? What about Andrade? So I left a little room there, but he has a total of 96 points. Congratulations to Saul Canelo Alvarez for being the two-time pound-for-pound fighter on my pound-for-pound list. Number one pound-for-pound list, uh, there is no surprise, just like Will said. And just like last time, it's Saul Canelo Alvarez. And it's weird because Alvarez, I, I think in a lot of people's eyes, still gets a lot of flack from, you know, what happened with the uh, Mayweather fight where he lost to an, an all-time great there. And also, even though he had those uh, two fights with Triple G, um, looking at the eye test, you know, especially in that second fight, I think if he would fought Triple G today, he would probably stop him. So he's pretty much conquered that. And like I always say, you know, if everyone's the same size, you know, who will win? For Canelo, the weird thing is the Canelo that I saw a couple weeks ago could stay his size and probably beat just about everyone on his list. Even Usyk, I don't even know. That can this Canelo who spars with heavyweights, something special. Um, and you're watching greatness. And, and what I fear is that a lot of boxing fans are going to overlook that they're watching greatness right now. Uh, Canelo is at a point where if he keeps doing what he's doing, he can be, he can actually, and this might be blasphemy for a lot of people, he might end up being a better uh fighter than. Julio Cesar Chavez, it can go down that way. Because um, we're talking a guy that pretty much beaten up light heavyweights, spawned with heavyweights, and it, 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 like, they, like the broadcast said a couple weeks ago, there is a big gap between number one and number two, whoever that number two is. Canelo is that guy. So that's my number one pound for pound. Uh, shout out to uh, Canelo Alvarez. He's earned it. 
Um, I've, and, and another thing, I, this is he's one of the, the few fighters I've seen improve consistently over and over and over again. A lot of fighters they have their you know their their flaws and their nicks and crannies, and they, or they have their talents and they get by on their talents. Canelo tends to approve every single fight and anything that he's weak in, he, he tends to work on it. At first, they said stamina was an issue, and now you see him being more relaxed in the ring, which helps his stamina. Then they said, you know, um, he had he had leaky defense and stuff like that. He he's improved his defense, uh, even his slow feet. It's not really even a flaw anymore because he learned how to be a he transitioned into a pressure fighter who could use his defense and get out of the way of punches just by using upper body movement. Um, he, he's becoming a grandmaster at boxing. You know, it's like a martial art, and he's definitely mastering it. So that's my number one pick, uh, Saul uh, Canelo Alvarez. You know, I'm not going to take a whole lot of you guys' time because, uh, you know, it's pretty clear who my pick is as well. Um, and you guys already said pretty much everything there is to say about him. So, um, you know, again, with Canelo, I'm just going to give my score. I gave him a 30 for quality of opposition. Um, you know, at most weight classes that he's competed at, uh, no current boxer and, and even a lot of, uh, you know, many all-time boxers can't really compete with his his, his uh, opposition list. I gave him a 30 at achievements, four division champ. And uh, the eye test, I gave him a 29 for reasons that Will has already said. The smoke, um... I gave him a nine. You know, the reason why I gave him a nine, you know, there there are people that he has not fought yet. Um, I do believe he would beat most of the people that people want him to see that he hasn't fought. But I gave him a nine just because some of the people that he has fought um, in the past, you know, he kind of caught them just outside that window. Um, you know, but I gave him a 98 overall. So uh, our, I guess, unanimous number one. Well, just as a quick recap. We're going to go over ESPN's powerful power rankings, and then we'll go over ours, and then we'll conclude this podcast. So ESPN powerful power rankings, they have Javante Davis and Gennady Golovkin at number 10. They have San Francisco Estrada at number nine, Alexander Usyk at number eight, Vasil Lomachenko at number seven, Tyson Fury at six, Tiafimo Lopez at number five, Errol Spence at number four, Inoue Anue at number three, Canelo Alvarez at number two, and Terrence Buck Crawford at number one. So my last ones at the bar, pound for pound rankings, as far as Wilton Henry is concerned, I have Jamel Charlo at number 10, Francisco Estrada at number nine, Tyson Fury at number seven. Josh Taylor at number six, Terrence Bud Crawford at number five, Archer Betabiev at number four, Inoue Inoue, the monster at number three, Harold the True Spence at number two, and the man who loves to beat up family members, Canelo Alvarez at number one. And for my top 10, starting from the bottom, I had Archer Betabiev at number 10, Jamel Charlo at number nine, Alexander Usyk at number eight, Vasily Lomachenko at number seven. Nayoa Inoue at number six, Tiafima Lopez at number five, Terrence Bud Crawford at number four, Erida Chu Spence at number three, 
Tyson Fury, number two. Canelo Alvarez, number one. And my pound for pound list as of December 2020 from Lavelle Jackson. Number 10, Jermail Charlo. Number nine, Vasily Lomachenko. Number eight, Manny Pacquiao. Number seven, Teofimo Lopez. Number six, Alexander Usyk. Number five, Tyson Fury. Number four, Errol Spence Jr. Number three, Terrence Bud Crawford. Number two, the monster, Naui Anui. And number one, Saw Canelo Alvarez. All right. So that's our top 10 list to round out the year. And keep in mind, folks, we got something special for you. You can join us on Wednesday as well because we're going to give you our award show. Also, catch us on YouTube by searching Last Ones at the Bar. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. See you Wednesday.